Right, well, good morning, church. Uh, it really is a privilege for me to be here today to, to share God's word with you. Just before you get, okay, before you get worried and, and you hear masters, um, my masters has been sent back to me like three times because my, my supervisor keeps telling me it's too simple. Like he, and then he gave me a new title, and I don't actually really understand what it means. So I just keep telling people what my old title was because that makes sense. He just used big words to try to explain the same thing. So, so don't worry, it should, it should be simple. You'll understand what I'm trying to say today. So, so I don't know if on Facebook a few months ago, this, this feed popped up on my, or this, this article popped up on my feed, and, and I, I just happened to open it, and it said that a man named Chris Burtish recently success, successfully completed the first ever solo, unassisted, and unaided paddle, or stand-up paddle, across the Atlantic Ocean. You know, I don't know if you've ever seen someone on a stand-up paddleboard. You know, off they go. This looked nothing like that. This looked like a boat. But this guy paddled it by himself across the Atlantic Ocean. He, he completed it in, in 93 days, covering 7,500 kilometers. So off he was. There he was, alone, paddling across the ocean. Okay, I, I don't know much about sailing or stand-up paddleboarding. I like just tend to fall, that's my response. Or much about the Atlantic Ocean, to be, to be precise. But Google taught me a few facts. That, that the Atlantic Ocean is known for its varying weather patterns. Hurricanes, cyclones, and fierce winds. That's, that's what it's known for. So there this guy is in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean, by himself, in a boat with his paddle. Um, he had a GPS on board. Um, it, used to, it had a live tracker to show you how far he was. And at the bottom, it didn't say, it had this disc disclaimer. You know, if Chris is moving backwards, do not refresh your computer. It's probably a storm or, the con or, or ocean currents that is pushing him backwards. He says on the one day, he paddled about 90-odd Ks the one day, and the next, the next day, he paddled into a storm and went back 60 kilometers. So, so there he was, back and forth. So, so you're probably wondering, you know, what this has to do with why I'm standing here. It sounds like a good story, but in Matthew, if you want to turn to Matthew 14, verse 22 to 32. It's quite a well-known story, but hopefully it's relevant for us today. It says, Immediately he made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side while he dismissed the crowds. After he had dismissed the crowds, he went up to the mountain by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone. But the boat by this time was a long way away from the land, beaten by the waves, for the wind was against them. In the fourth watch of the night, he came up to them, walking on the sea. But when the disciples saw him, they were terrified and said, It is a ghost. And they cried out in fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, Take heart, it is I, do not be afraid. And Peter answered, Lord, if it's you, command me to come to you on the water. And he said, Come. So Peter got, Peter got out the boat, walked on water, and came to Jesus. But when, he, but when he saw the wind, he was afraid and began to sink and cried out, Lord, save me. Jesus immediately reached out his hand, took hold of him, and said, Oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? And when you got into the boat, the wind ceased, and those in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly you are the Son of God. 
just open in prayer. Lord, just thank you for, for your word. Thank you that, that you've given, us, given it to us to encourage us, to, to correct us. Lord, just to show us how to love you more, how to serve you more, how to live for you more. So Lord, just pray for these words now that, that they'll speak. So pray for this in your name, Lord. Amen. So, so going back to my opening story, you know, Chris was there in a boat alone, day and night. He, he paddled across the ocean. There were days where the weather was perfect, and there's days that he, he faced a storm alone, head on by himself. But, but contrasting that to the disciples who, who were in the boat, they were also caught in a storm. You know, it wasn't a solo expedition. There were 12 of them. But, but they weren't so much on a, a journey to reach a destination, but rather on a journey to discover who Jesus was. And why it is important to trust him. That, that's the journey they're on. So this passage starts off with, with Jesus dismissing the crowds. If you look just the, the, the verses before, you know, Jesus has just fed the 5,000. You know, with five loaves, two fish, he's, he's fed 5,000 people. They've all seen what he's done. They've all experienced his miracle. They, they probably want more. You know, they, they want to see more. They want to hang around. But Jesus says, you know, you need to go home. It's late. You're far from your house. We don't actually have much more food. I could probably make more for you, but, but let's rather go home and go tell your family, go tell the community what I've done. You know, go, go and share it back at home. So, so Jesus left the, the crowd. He, he sent his disciples out on the sea, on the lake, and, and off he sent them. And, and he went by himself up a mountainside to pray. And just as a way of starting, you know, it, it's, it's, this isn't an uncommon process for Jesus. He often went off alone to pray. We, we look at him throughout the gospel. That's, that's what he did. And, and in my mind, I was going, wow, why is this important for us? You know, why is it there? And, and I think because it's there, we need to answer that question. And at firstly, it shows the willingness to do the Father's will. Simply, that's, that's the reason. Jesus didn't come to do his own will, but came to do the Father's will. That, that famous prayer in the garden, you know, not my will, but your will be done. Jesus went to seek the Father's heart. He went to to see what the Father wanted him to do. Secondly, he's also modeling prayer for us. Um, he went early in the morning, in the evening, sometimes all night to pray alone. This week, uh, I woke up before my alarm. It, it doesn't happen that often. Um, I'm one of those multiple alarm people. So, so if I wake up at this time, I can get this done in the morning. If I wake up at this time, the list just starts to get shorter till it's like the point, just get dressed and go to work. But, but the one morning... I think it was actually Thursday, because on Thursday I normally have a 6 o'clock meeting. So I woke up at 5, and I was like, oh, my meeting's cancelled. So there I was in bed. It was a bit cold. I decided, you know what, this morning I'm going to pray in bed. And I woke up at 6 o'clock, not with an amen, but, but just with my alarm going off. So, so I don't think the point of what Jesus is saying here is this is the, how long we should pray for, or these are the times of the day we should pray for, or, or times of the day we should pray. But simply he's saying we should pray. I, th I think that's the point he's modeling, that prayer is important, that, that we need to seek the Father's heart as well. And finally, a point that, that kind of ties into this journey we're on in the story is, if you look at John 17, the, the most famous prayer of Jesus as recorded, he firstly prays for himself, he, he then prays for his disciples, and then he prays for all believers, he prays for the church. And it's, 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 I think I'm on safe ground to say that we, we can't separate Jesus praying on, on the mountain and the disciples stuck in the storm. There he was on the mountain interceding for the disciples stuck in the storm. Hebrews 
7 verse 25 says, Jesus is in heaven making intercession for those who believe. Those who, who call upon his name. He's there representing us before God daily. That, that the, disciples in, the disciples on the boat in the middle of the storm weren't alone. But rather, there Jesus was on the mountain praying for them. So just three points today that, that kind of help us deal with, with the storms of life. And, and as I stand here today, I, I don't think I need to be super spiritual to make this statement. But, but I think life is hard. You know, we, we all go through ups and downs. We all, we all face by storms. You know, some of us, it was that, that rogue wave that, that just came this week. Out of nowhere, hit you unexpectedly. For others, it, it's been an ongoing monthly, yearly you know, you just feel like you're stuck in that storm, you're paddling, but you're kind of not going anywhere. So, so hopefully today is some encouragement for, for those in the storm and, and some preparation for you when you're about to face the storm. So, so the first point is, is sailing in the storm. You know, the disciples were on the boat. They, they were a long way from, from land. You know, I think the, the rough estimate is they'd been paddling for about six hours. So, so... They were about as far out as you could go before you started reaching the other side. And, and there they were. They were in the middle of the storm. They were paddling into a headwind. Okay, I've, ne I've never done much paddling or sailing or any of those things, so I've got no cool story to tell you about, about paddling. I have tried once, and I think I fell off the kayak like every time. So I just gave up after that. But, but I remember one time, I, I used to stay in Joburg. I've driven East London to Joburg many times. And going through the free state is, is quite a boring task. You know, there's not much to see. There's, there's not many trees. There's not much grass. And, and there you are. You just drive. And you drive. And I was in my little 1300 Bantam going at 120, going well. And all of a sudden, my car dropped down to 100. So I was like, okay, this is not normal. So I put my foot down a bit more, got back up to 120, and it dropped down to 100. My first thought was like, okay, my car's broken. This is going to be fun because I'm in the middle of nowhere and, and I don't know what to do. And then all of a sudden in the distance, I saw a tractor start plowing a field. And then all of a sudden, I couldn't see the tractor anymore. And this massive dust cloud just came hurtling towards me. And, and all of a sudden, I realized that, that you know, I was driving head on into a gale force wind, which doesn't happen often in the free state, but, but there was wind. And, and you know, even my car was, was struggling to go forward in, in this wind. You know, it was up and down. And I looked back in the rearview mirror once I, once I got through the dust cloud. And this was just this massive dust cloud just behind me. And, and it kind of, that's my story about, about paddling into the wind. I'm sure you, you have other cool stories. That's, that's mine. <laughs> it's not, not as spectacular as being like stuck out at sea for like three days or something. You know, but the, the disciples were, were in the boat. They, they were fighting to keep moving forward. They were giving everything they had, but they were being beaten, tossed to and fro by the waves. At that point, it, it's easy to say that for them, all hope probably could have been lost. You know, Jesus has sent us out here and we're going to die. And while he stands on land and probably laughs at us or something. You know, he, there, we are, there, there we are by ourselves. And, and you know, there's, like I said, some of us have maybe been fighting the storm for a long time. And, and moving forward seems difficult. It, it seems impossible in some cases. You know, you don't know what to do. You don't know where you're going to go. But the encouragement is that, that, like I said earlier, even though you can't see Jesus, Jesus can still see you. You know, the disciples were in the midst of the storm. It was dark. 
There were waves crashing around them, but Jesus was on the mountain praying for them. That, that's the encouragement. In the midst of everything, he's still there. At about 3 a.m., between 3 and 6 a.m., you know, it's fourth watch, Jesus gets up, he, he walks down the mountain. He walks across the shore and just continues walking on the water. He, this is a supernatural event, but also an event that, that J.C. Rowell says is an encouragement for us as believers. Jesus walking on water shouldn't, should be seen as an encouragement, he says. It reminds us that there's nothing created which is not under Jesus' control. He may allow you to be tried and tested for a season, to be tossed to and fro by the waves. But the wind, the waves, and the storm are all under the control of Jesus. That, that in the midst of that, Jesus came to the disciples when, when they needed him the most. You know, at the start, they had a bit of energy, and they, they thought they could do this by themselves. But, but eventually, they were probably at wit's end, and that's when Jesus got to them. Jesus walked near the boat, and, and I think rightly, the disciples saw him, and it says they were terrified. I, I've never seen someone walk on water. I would probably be terrified if I saw that. It's a ghost, they cried out. And Jesus answers, and his answer kind of seems a bit heartless to start with. You know, yeah, these oaks, they, they, they feel like they're about to die. And, and Jesus gets in and goes, take heart, it's I, or it is me. But, but what I think what Jesus is saying here is, is take courage, it's me. Or, or remember who I am. Like, that's who's standing in front of you. Like, it's not just, oh, here I am, hold on for the ride, but rather call to account the things that I've done for you. You know, I'm the one who chose you to be my disciple. Okay, I'm the one who's been guiding you this far. I mean, I'm the one who just fed 5,000 people with five loaves and two fish like 12 hours ago. And chances are the leftover food in the baskets are probably in the boat with you. You know, just, just call to account who I am. Remember who I am. And, and there's times that I think Jesus is saying the same to us. Just, just remember who I am in the midst of the storm. That, that call to me, while you've been tossed to and fro, you seem helpless and powerless. You know, I'm the one who's still in control. You know, I'm the one who, who has this. And, and the truth about the storms of life is, is that's what we get caught up in. You know, we get so caught up in our storm. We get so caught up in our, in our situation that we forget to see the bigger picture. And, and Louis Gigler uses this example of, of looking at the finest piece of artwork. You know, it can be the, the best thing you've ever seen. But you can get so caught up in it and put your nose right up against the canvas and all you see is a smudge. You don't, you don't see the, great, the great greatness in front of you. You just see a smudge of color that makes no sense. And, and I think that's what happens in life. We, we get so caught up in, in, in the situation. We get so hooked up in it. And it, obviously that's right because it involves us. Like, you know, we, we're in the midst of it. So we get so focused on that, we forget to see God's bigger plan. We forget to see the bigger purpose at play. And, and I read this quote, and I thought, you know, if I just shared these three lines and said amen, I, I feel like my sermon would be done. But it says, the, in the storms of life, we know that Jesus is there. All we need to do is call out to him. The water that seems to be over your head is the same water that Jesus is standing on. He is in control. Trust him even when there seems to be no hope. 
You know, the, the water that was, was crashing over the boat, the water that the disciples were terrified is the water that Jesus walked on. You know, he's, he's in control, so trust him. Secondly, the, the second point is, is there, were those who, there were those who stepped out and there were those who sat down. There Jesus was standing before them on the water, and Peter makes the bold ask, and he says, Jesus, if, or, or more correctly, since it's you, you know, because I know who you are, command me to walk on water. You know, call me out. And, and there's two major points here. Firstly, that, that this is completely opposite to the fear that the disciples had just experienced. You know, Peter was one of them. They saw Jesus on the water and they were terrified. And then all of a sudden, Peter goes, Jesus, because it's you, call me out. You know, make me walk on water with you. And, and I think the point there is, is under, a correct understanding of who Jesus is casts out fear. You know, the storm was still happening around Peter. If you read that passage, it's only at the end when Jesus gets on the boat does the storm cease. So, so Peter asked to get out of the boat in the midst of a storm. He, he understands who Jesus is and, and, he, and he wants to, to, to put his trust in him. The second statement shows that, that Peter is dependent upon Jesus. It doesn't say, Jesus, because it's you, now I'm able to walk on water. No, it's Jesus, because it's you, you command me to walk on water. You command me to get out the boat. At the eight, I'll, I didn't stand alone here, so hopefully at the ten, I won't stand alone. How many of you have ever tried to walk on water? Yes. Okay, I remember as a kid, it used to, used to stand at one end of the garden, and you used to take like as fast of a run-up as you could, and, and your first foot would hit the water, and, and you were convinced that that one actually worked but it was the second foot that like failed you. So, so the next time you would just run faster or, or then you try to get a bit sneaky and you put like, like, like a bodyboard or something down that that was your first step, you know, just to give you a bit of momentum. But the truth is that, that it doesn't work. No matter how hard you try, how fast you run, you just sink in water. But, but Peter shows his dependence here and, and his dependence results in action. Jesus, I trust you. But then I have to do something to show that. You know, it's easy to say, Jesus, I trust you. But he didn't have to get out the boat. You know, where was his trust then? But, but he got out the boat. He, he walked on water. And an, and an interesting point that I was preparing, and, and this is where the, the, the heading comes from. You know, Peter, Peter stepped out, but, but there were 11 other disciples who stayed in the boat. And we always think of how great Peter was. Who, he walked on water. But I mean, what was going through the other 11 mind? At that point, there was Jesus and Peter standing on water. And they were stuck in the boat. You know, one author says the, the 11 held on to the boat and the boat provided their safety, not Jesus. And I think that's so true in our lives. We, we build safe spots. We build shelters. We, we build our little, our little kingdom, if that makes sense. You know, we're where Mark is the boss, the CEO, the king, and the captain. You know, if, if everything goes well, I'm in charge. Or, or because, I'm, because I'm in charge, everything's going to go well. But the truth is that those kingdoms fall. You know, the, the wealth you had last night might be gone this morning. You know, the, the people you trusted now may be in hospital. You know, you've, you've just been hit with a curveball out of nowhere. You weren't expecting it. And, and it's easy to put our trust in, in ourselves, to put our trust in things. But, but this passage is calling us to, to put our trust in Jesus. 
to, to trust him to, in the midst of the storm, in the midst of the hardship of life, to, to trust Jesus and, and, and know what he's trying to achieve. And thirdly, we, we see Peter sinking in the storm. You know, the, Peter makes the bold ask. He, he walks on water. It's, it's marvelous. He, he's trusting Jesus fully. There he is. He's, he understands who he loves, who he serves. He's given up everything he has to follow Jesus. But in the midst of the moment, he, he sees the storm around him. He sees the waves that are coming past him, the waves that are, are crashing against the boat, the waves that, that a few minutes before were the, the things he feared. It's important to remember here that, that Jesus didn't lose faith in Jesus. You know, I've heard, I've heard people say that he didn't like give up everything, and that's why he started sinking. But, but rather he, he let the storm around him crowd out who Jesus was. He still knew it, like it was still in his head. Like he still had all that knowledge. You know, there the guy next to me is the guy who just fed 5,000 people with five loaves and two fish. But the storm is big. I have something to fear. And, and at that moment, he, he starts to sink. And, and it's a very interesting picture of what happens next. You know, Jesus could have easily just gone, you know, water, support, Jesus, support Peter. I don't know what Jesus really would have said, but, but that's in my mind what he would have done. You know, just water, like support him, and like he would have been able to stand on the water again, because that's what he was doing before. But rather, it, it's, it's a wonderful picture of, of Jesus reaching over, grabbing Peter by the hand and, and pulling him out the water, out of the, out of the storm or out of the, the doubt. You know, Jesus again is reassuring Peter that, that in the midst of the storm, even, even when you think you're at your lowest point, when you're about to fall apart, I love you and I'm there for you. And I think that's what, what I think what Jesus, what God's wanting to say to us today in the midst of our storm is, is that I love you and that I'm there for you. So, so whatever you're facing, that, that's what we can hold on to. So, so just to apply this today, there's four, four simple things that, that we can do to, to face the storms of life. Because as I said, you know, we, we either just come out of a storm, we, we're in a storm, or we're going to face a storm. That's the reality of life. So, so how do we prepare for that? And firstly, we need to understand or we need to trust in the presence of Jesus. Jesus um, has promised that he'll be with us in the storm. He's the hand reaching out and comforting us in the storm. He's the hand that guides us and leads us in the midst of the storm. He has never left us nor forsaken us. He's there with us. And, and that's what we need to hold on to. That's what we need to trust. Secondly, we need to trust in the promises of Jesus. Daily remind yourself of the faithfulness of God. You know, think of, think of the storms that he's carried you through before. Think of the times when, when you had nothing else but it was him and he carried you through. You know, when you face the next storm, it, it doesn't make the storm any smaller. It just makes it a lot easier to deal with. You know, I understand what Jesus has done. Call to account the things he has promised you. Keep that in mind as you face the storm. He's faithful, and, and he, doesn't, he doesn't want you to sink. He wants to be the one who pulls you out. Thirdly, trust in the power of Jesus. He had the power to walk on water. He got into the boat, and the storm ceased. We need to remind ourselves who we're calling out to. You know, if we, we, we think Jesus is just a, a fictional Sunday school character, 
and we want to call out to him, we, we're really not going to trust him for much. You know, if we think he's just powerful in the church, we're not really going to want to call out to him for our, for our struggles in life. But when we fully understand who Jesus is, that by him all things were created and all things are sustained, it's because of him that, that we can call out and he hears us and he has the power to, to help us, the power to change it and the power to, to get us through. And finally, we need to remember the love of Jesus. As, as Jesus reached out and grabs, grabs Peter's hand, it's, it's just to say that I love you. You know, I'm, I'm there for you. I've got you. That Peter was fully secure in Jesus at that point. And, and for us, there's, there's that aspect of calling out to Christ, knowing that he loves you, that, that nothing you have done is going to separate you. Nothing that you have done can even come close to separating you because his love paid for that. His love covers that fully. So trust him. So allow Jesus to take your hand in the storm to lead and guide you. And remember that you're not alone when you face the storms of life. Let me, let me close in prayer. Lord, I just thank you for, for your word. Thank you that, that you've called us. You've called us for a purpose. Lord, thank you that as we face storms, we, we know we don't face them alone, but, but we face them with you. And that in that we can have confidence that, that you are in control. Lord, you know the bigger picture, even though it may be blurry for us. So, Lord, we, we, we trust you. And, Lord, just pray for those who are facing storms that, that, you will, that you will lead, you will guide. You will be the hand that comforts in the midst of, in the midst of that storm. So, Lord, I pray for this in your name. Amen.